Brewers may have lost to the 4th of July, but I'm telling you what, in the last five or six games, they're, they're at least showing a pulse, playing a little bit better brand of baseball. Although they kind of threw one away yesterday. We'll get into that. What do we do about Rowdy Telez and that 213 batting average? Christian Yelich continues to come alive. We'll talk about his new approach and look ahead to Wednesday's finale against the Cubs. All that's next here on Locked on Brewers. You are Locked on Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I hope you all had a, a great 4th of July weekend. Took a couple of days off back at it. It is great to be with you. And, uh, yeah, during that stretch, the Brewers are playing a better brand of baseball. You could argue they should have won Friday's game. Uh, you know, organizational decision there. And then yesterday, some questionable decision-making there led to a loss. But, man, they'd be on a nice little run here if not for those two games. But we'll talk about that. Rowdy Telez continues to struggle. 213 from the cleanoff spot just isn't going to cut it anymore. It isn't. I don't care what you say about analytics or anything. 213 is 213. Hadn't hit a home run in months. Okay. We'll get into that story as well and see what you all have to say there. Um, and we'll get into your tweets and and – I got some remnants about Matt Bush. I, I know some of you saw some of the stuff I put on Twitter over the weekend, but we're going to get into that as well. My name is Chuck Freeman. Thanks for joining us here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Download the audio version of this show on Google, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We're on all the broadcast platforms, daily downloads. Thank you very much. Um, love talking to you fans out there. Follow me on Twitter. Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D. Follow me. Uh, always look and see what you all have to say on Twitter, your comments, suggestions about the team, whatever. Talking Brewer Baseball with you. Um, it's great. And, uh, of course, I put tweets on during the game and all that, and Brewer News throughout the day and all that. So news and commentary uh, on the Milwaukee Brewers. Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D. You want to follow along on the video version of it, of Lockdown Brewers, go to YouTube. Put on Lockdown Brewers, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell there. It's going to alert you every time we drop an episode. And the alert buttons on uh, the Google platforms and the, and the Apple and all that, there's there's alerts there. Drop to hit the alert there so you know every time we drop an episode, Monday through Friday here on Lockdown Brewers. Again, Chuck Freeman here, been part of the Brewers media for well over 40 years, covering for AP. Morning sports anchor at 1310 WIBA in Madison. Longtime sports talk show host in the state of Wisconsin. Love talking Brewer baseball with you. And let's face it, Tuesday's game, the Brewers could not get out of their own way. 7-6, losing in 11 innings. <laughs> Owen Miller involved in two double plays in two innings in a row. Don't think I've ever seen something quite like that. Two unconventional double plays. I make a laugh about it now. I mean, I can't even laugh about it because it was so disappointing how they lost that game. Uh, how somehow the Brewers always find a way to snatch away a win by tripping over themselves. Hey, you know what? It's one of the reasons why, for one form or the other, our team has not been to a World Series in, let's see, 41 years and has never won a World Series. Now, a couple of things on that. 
Uh, Owen Miller tagging up from third on Ian Hamp. Ian doesn't have the greatest arm in the world. That ball was too shallow. You you can't be tagging up on that one. Okay. Uh, That one, no. Trying to score from second base. Um. No, I, I, I that one to Monasterio. It looked like Ian Hamp was into his throwing motion already. I really question that. I know you got to put the pressure on the defense there, but those were those were two that you were just you needed the Cubs to make a mistake there if you were going to score a run, and they didn't. Hap fired a strike on both plays, and this is Major League Baseball. If this is softball at the Saratoga Complex in Waukesha, testing the left fielder on a fly ball like that, I get it totally. Yes, 100 out of 100 times. But against major league competition, I don't care what Ian Hamp's arm is. The rating is, you can't you can't be throwing. You can't be running on him twice in a row. That was just too shallow, okay? Um. So that kind of snuffed things out. My problem in this game is once the car, the Cubs did not score in the top half of the 10th inning, once they didn't score in the top half of the 10th inning, the Brewers, all they needed was one run to win that game. One run. And I can see in the top of the 10th, if you don't do this, but in the bottom of the 10th, when all you need is one run to win it, you had a man at second. Okay, you got that complimentary runner at second. Willie Dom is hitting 208 or whatever it is. Just awful. Okay. Um, how are you not bunting that runner to third? Base hit wins the ball game, obviously. Um, any type of hit in the outfield wins the game. That base hit would have won the game. There wouldn't have been no play at the plate. How do you not bunt the runner over to third? I don't get that whatsoever. How is Adamus not running to run over 30? You got a man at 30. You got many ways to score that run. You know, Council early in the season in extra innings did just that. I think it was against the Cubs. Was it against the Cubs? Arizona, maybe? To start an inning, they had a man at second, and they bunted that runner over to third on the road. At home? How do you not do that? Oh, Willie's going to come up with a hit. Come on. I don't care about counsel or anybody saying, well, what an exciting game. You lost the game. They're playing a better brand of baseball. Okay. Now, they did get down in both of these games. Twice they got down by four runs or more, rallied late to tie it or win it. Um, but this was the game they should have won, you know, getting down early. Uh, now, Julio Tehran, two days ago, Another struggling start for him uh, on the 3rd of July. Um, So that's two in a row. He did settle down after giving up the six early runs um, and save some of the bullpen there. Wade Miley did struggle in his start on Tuesday, yesterday. Did not pitch well. Um, But still, they battled back. They battled back. And one of the guys that helped lead them on the comeback, Rowdy Telez, had an RBI base hit. We're going to get into that coming up here in just a bit, on what to do about Rowdy Telez. My goodness. Some of you are with me on that. I see if some of you are with me on on getting the frustration level going. The show is brought to you in part by 
Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper. Terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Brewers and Cubs play the final game of their series at uh, AmFam Field coming up Wednesday night, 7-10 with that first pitch. We're back to those 7 o'clock starts for the summertime. Catch every pitch of the Brewers' hometown broadcast, Sirius XM, the SXM app, search Brewers. Thank you, all you everydayers out there. Those of you following me along on Twitter, Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D, the podcast, YouTube. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I really mean that. I don't mean that just as a blanket statement. I love reading your comments on YouTube, on Twitter. If following me along, I appreciate it because we're a Brewers community. I'm a member of the media, but I'm also a Brewers fan. I'm my number one favorite professional sports team in the state. So I love the Brewers and I get frustrated like you guys. And I, and I see your angst every day. Thank you very much. We're coming back. We'll talk about Roddy Telez and, uh, you know that roof closed. David Ross had a few things to complain about yesterday. Was he right? We'll get to that coming up next here on Lockdown Brewers. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. I'm your host, Chuck Freeman. Thank you for following me along today. Uh, Rowdy Telez did have an RBI single uh, in the in late in that game um, to help the Brewers rally from a 6-2 deficit. Okay. His average was down to 211. It's up to 213 right now. But now when people ask me, what do the Brewers need to do at the trading deadline? I say they have to go out and get themselves a first baseman. Okay, your first baseman who's playing every day against lefties, sometimes he's out. But he's a guy, a heart-of-the-order guy, hitting 213. That at what point does that become unacceptable that maybe Rowdy is a one trick, you know, like Rich, Richie Sexton, you know, we've had those guys, you know, Prince Fielder wasn't a one trick, wasn't a one trick guy. Okay. He was a guy who went out there and could hit for average, could hit for power. Um, Big RBI guy. Wouldn't go two months without hitting a home run. You know, Prince was the last good first baseman the Brewers have had. Last good first baseman. Um, it's been a struggle since 2011 trying to replace first base, it seems. I liked Jesus Aguilar. I did. I wish he was still here. I wish he was on this team. I know he's was struggling a little bit with Oakland before they released him. But I like Zeus. Um, but Rowdy Telez is not an answer at first base. Can we come to terms on that? That Rowdy Telez is just not the guy. Hit his 35 home runs last year, but he batted like 230. And I don't want to throw all these analytics and all that because the eye test for all his Brewer fans is that terrible and clutch situations. Strike it out. He did bust his bait. He did fail in extra innings. After coming up that RBI base hit late in the game, in regulation, he did strike out and um, busted his bat. Showed that he actually cared. Okay, and I feel like I said this before. I felt like Rowdy at times felt like he was uh, owed that first base spot. That he's done enough. They're all that he's the everyday first base, but he's not. No. Um, so I am good with our 
first baseman who was hitting 213 at the Brewers going out there and getting themselves someone who can play first base. I have no problem with them defensively, but someone who can hit. Now, Rowdy, okay, if he's hitting 211, 213, he best be having 30 home runs at this point. He's stuck on 12. Stuck on 12. I mean, does he even hit a warning track fly ball anymore? I'm, I'm done with Rowdy, okay? I, I just am. Nothing against him personally, but we're trying to we're trying to win a pennant here. We're trying to win the division, a hotly contested race with the Cincinnati Reds, okay, with a guy in the heart of the order who's just terrible, okay, just terrible. So Rowdy Tellez, yeah, I'm going to, to get another first baseman in here. Had to take a quick drink there. Um, Christian Yelich, as of this taping, is not in the All-Star game as an alternate, but there's rumblings that he could be a replacement if somebody gets hurt or if somebody decides not to go to the All-Star game. That that uh, that Yelich could be that guy, RBI base hit late in that game yesterday. Um, article done in the USA Today that we're learning that Yelich has changed his batting approach. Happened in May in Colorado. Um, he's... Not doing that toe that, that, that he's not doing that leg kick anymore, which I never did like anyway. I just think that's something you can get away with in the minor leagues. But eventually, these major league scouts and these major league pitching coaches, you know, they're studying videotape and all that. And I think that after he battled through the injuries and all that, I think they figured the LH out with that leg kick. Because there's enough, there was enough of a sample size to show it wasn't working anymore. So he changed himself around. And Yelich is getting good results. He was he's in the low 280s last time I checked. Um, so good for him. Is he the hitter he was in 2018, 2019? No. Is he ever going to get to that point? Who knows? The power numbers still aren't there. Okay. Um, but at least. Some of those other analytic numbers, that well, the batting average is up there. Walks, okay. I'm trying to look for some results here from Yelich. We're getting some. It's a lot better than it used to be. Is he a batting champion caliber guy right now? No. And I don't know if he's ever going to get to that point again, but at least it's not the Christian Yelich that we've seen in April in previous months as well. He changed things around. Someone noticed it. Someone approached him, a reporter, and he talked openly about that with the USA Today, about changing his batting stance and changing his approach. He had to do something. You know, not this comment he always been, he's been given the last couple of years. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you get an out, sometimes you get hit. And I got tired of hearing that too. So, but Yelich has found out things weren't working the old way and reinvented himself, apparently, in so many words. So let's see, let's keep it. We'll keep it. Obviously, we'll keep a watch on that. But that was good to see. Um, David Ross, the Cubs manager, was uh, ticked off 
because of uh, AmFam Field opening and closing, opening and closing the roof. Now, I was not at the game on the 4th of July. I know it was hot out there. Um, but, you know, the Cubs played games with the Brewers a few years ago. Okay, in a... I think the Brewers... I forgot who the Brewers had pitching that day. They had a they had one of their better pitchers pitching. And the Brewers and the Cubs called off their game at Wrigley. And it never rained a drop of rain. And the Brewer organization was just mystified, as was everybody else, why the game was called off. And so I think we kind of owed them one. I don't know why that roof was opening and closing. Weird. That was odd. It was open, closed, open, closed. I think they were trying to keep the shadows out because the one flaw, as we know about with Miller Park slash Ampan Field, is the one construction flaw is the shadows. Nobody accounted with this roof when it was open that there'd be shadows at certain times of the year. It gets really bad with the sun. Like now. So I, I sounds like that might've been one of the reasons why that roof was closed. Okay. Whatever it was, David Ross had a complaint. Now his complaints about the, the, the umpiring, the umpire. Yes. But both teams are getting screwed on the home plate umpire. Okay, that I get. But David Ross, you were on live TV yesterday. What are you doing swearing up a storm? Live TV on your own network, and you're swearing up a storm yesterday? You apologize, but I mean, come on. You know when the TV camera's on. Okay, I know when the TV camera's on here or when I'm on the radio, what you can say and maybe some of the language you can't say, okay? He knows better than that. I just thought, what are you doing? National, you're on live TV as the Cubs TV network, the Marquee, I think it's called. Marquee Network, Marquee whatever. They televise all their games, the post-game press conferences, like everybody does. The Brewers Valley Sports does. He's up there swearing up a storm on his post-game press conference. Um, but he his complaint was open, close. What's going on here? Why are we opening and closing the roof so many times? I get it. Um, I just don't like the idea if pending storms, if it's supposed there's a chance it might rain, the roof is closed, especially in the summer. You know how that, inside that ballpark gets in the summertime. I don't know, unless it starts raining, okay, and there's like rain within five minutes of the stadium. Keep the roof open, okay? Keep the roof open. I know I've talked about comfort, but in the summertime in July, 90 degrees, you need to do whatever you can to keep that roof open for everybody's sake because it smells in that place. Let's be honest. It does. All right. One other thing. Matt Bush, Friday's game. What in the heck? Who made the decision to activate him and then to put him in that spot, knowing he couldn't get anybody out and was giving up home run balls left and right. I talked about this on Twitter. And then they released him to Lester. That's how little they felt about Matt Bush, is that they released him to let they released him the very next morning after he gave up the, the game-winning home run in Pittsburgh. Okay. Then why even put him in that position? If you felt so little of Bush that you released him the next morning, 
Why did you even put him in the closer spot on Friday? You had no other options? It's a game in Pittsburgh trying to create some momentum. You got a lot of momentum going. Why would you even put – this is on council. Why would you put Matt Bush in that game? Why would you put that much trust in his in that? Stop making decisions like that, okay? God, some of these managers. And I know a few guys couldn't go because they were used up, and I'm, I'm good with that, okay? Can't go, you can't go. But Matt Bush should not have been an option for that game. Should not have been an option closing out a game. What were you thinking there? Wow. That's the game I hope the Brewers don't need any longer because they literally threw that one away. And then the decision to even put him on the roster, there's nobody else in AAA. You found somebody the next day to bring up. Okay. Why would you give him another shot? Knowing that the sample size dating back to last year was bad. Yet you decided to bring him back after this injury anyway. God, just dumb decisions. I'm trying to win a pennant here. You know, what is this one game? And I know somebody will say, oh, it's one. No, one game. Yes, it could mean. Brewers are a game out of first place right now. They'd be in a tie for first place. And who knows where it's going to end up later in the year. All right. We'll get a couple of your tweets coming up next here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Got to tell you about Sleeper. Told you about them earlier here in the broadcast. Sleeper is a fantasy sports gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically grown fantasy platform in the world while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. At Sleeper, it's just not about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper picks real-life product that connects friends over picks. Choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports. Pick higher or lower than predicted stats. Uh, only at Sleeper can you get a 100 times payout. Share with your friends and get rewarded together. Sounds like a great deal. Have not had a chance to try this out yet. I'm going to, though. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. You could win all that money, 100 times your money. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and Sleeper will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Predict the hottest uh, baseball steps like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and much more to cash in on your daily fantasy baseball skills. Use the promo code Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and Sleeper will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Sleeper can get you some money. Can that 100 times payouts there. Um, a built-in champ functionality where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Entries can make be made about 30 seconds or less. It's very easy to do. Uh, safe, fast withdrawals, currently operational over 30 states. That's called Sleeper. Download their app and check it out, especially with that promo code. That promo code locked on is going to get you a, a terrific bonus there. That's locked on. All right. I'm Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Brewers and Cubs coming up 710 with that broadcast on Sirius XM on Wednesday night. Brewers and Cubs catch every pitch of the Brewers hometown broadcast, Sirius XM, the SXM app. Search Brewers. We're coming right back and tell you about. Wednesday night starters after this here on Lockdown Brewers. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. I'm your host, Chuck Freeman. Thanks for stopping by. Adrian Hauser, Brewers back to that six-man rotation. 
Adrian did pitch last Thursday, pitched very well. Hauser did uh, in his last outing. Um, so he's going to get another crack at it. The six-man rotation the Brewers are going with these days. I don't quite get the six-man. I get not going to a four-man, but a six-man rotation? You kidding me? Adrian Hauser makes the start. start Justin a steal in the rubber game of this three-game set against the Chicago Cubs. Quickly here, I'll get some of your tweets here. Um, and, and a lot of you are angry at the Bucks or the Bucks, the Brewers' decision-making decision, um, game-ending decision, I should say. Steve says, oh, this is all on Rowdy Telez. Oh, my God. Some of you want Keston Hero back. I get that. That would be a great option. Okay. When I say great, what do you got to lose by bringing Keston here up and playing him at first base over Rowdy Telez? Uh, Steve says a similar philosophy to most teams. They're just not a lot of great hitting first baseman anymore. It's not really seen as a premium position anymore. God, first base, you would think there'd be a lot of guys out there, not the greatest mobility in the world, but got, but can play first base. Um, Rotten Cheesehead says, seems like our scouting department brought us in outfield prospects, a Cy Young Award winner, a top-tier starter, a shutdown closer, multiple bullpen arms that produce in the majors. I don't think it's scouting. It's our farm not developing first baseman. Okay. Um, and Crew for Life says, Prince has been gone since 2011. There has not been one viable replacement Speaks volumes of our scouting and drafting department. How do you, how do you not get a first baseman? Used to be the easiest position to get. How do you not get one? Why not let Keston take a crack at it? Says Brian. Can't be any worse. Nick says uh, you cannot have a first baseman batting 213, 285 OBS, a 388 slugging percentage, a 673 OPS. He has poor rankings in almost every. Category. Uh, Kurt, not happy with the coaching at third base on both decisions at third base in the 10th and 11th inning. Quinn on Rowdy, he's hitting 133 over his last 40 games. Yeah. I'm good at bringing Keston up or anybody. They, Luke Voigt, they missed out on Luke Voigt. You know, they missed out on Luke. When I say they missed out on Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt, they added him to the team, made a team out of spring training, and he couldn't. He was terrible too. Okay, but then you've got to find a replacement for Rowdy Tulez. Hey, the Brewers are starting to play some better baseball, exciting baseball. Yeah, they threw games away. Their last two losses they threw away. Friday and Tuesday counts as well as throwing them away. Let's get one. We'll talk to you after the game Wednesday night. Brewers and Cubs in the in the finale. And the Reds are here this weekend. Big series of the Reds. Who would have guessed that? See everybody. I'm Chuck Freeman on Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day.